Convicted and Convinced, a message from God's Word for you. Here's Pastor Robert Manessis. A few years ago, around 2017, there is what the media called the Great American Eclipse. Does anybody remember this time? I think it was in August or October, one of those dates. Anybody remember August? Was it August? And anyway, this is just one of the pictures that you'll find all on the internet there, and all the pictures you have them with their little glasses, and they're all doing the same thing. What are they all doing? And that's probably what you did too, looking up like this, right? So as I walked out of my apartment, and everybody's sort of outside, and some have, and don't ever do that without those protective glasses, by the way, but so, and as I walked outside the apartment, and I began to look, everybody was outside, either on the, on the front uh, porch or on the lawn, and they were all staring up like this, and I thought to myself, this is exactly what it will look like when Christ returns. That when Jesus returns, those who are alive to see it will look, be looking up in the sky. Unfortunately, what's the word? Unfortunately, there is a prevailing teaching in the Christian world today that when Jesus returns, people won't be looking up to see Him but that, they will, that He will come quietly and secretly to rapture people away, better known as the secret rapture. You ever heard of this? That there are so, there's a few variations out there, but this is sort of the gist of it, that Christ will return and secretly and quietly people will vanish away and you'll sort of wake up if you're not one of those, and you're going to sort of see the, the clothes on the floor or whatever it might be. And, you know, there's one pilot, and the other pilot was a non-believer, so he's still flying, and the co-pilot's gone. I mean, these are all scenarios that you see in this concept here, okay? And then also, the church is raptured away the believers in Jesus, and they don't go through the great tribulation, and therefore there's a seven-year period there that if you didn't make the secret rapture, you still have a second chance to sort of give your life to Jesus and be saved. This is, again, this is the major concept here. You might have heard of it. And then this concept continues that, again, the church will, will escape the great tribulation and then that uh, the Antichrist will go to the literal rebuilt temple in Jerusalem and set up his throne, and God will now fulfill his covenant with literal Jews, and Christ then returns again, and, and then they have the thousand years of peace on earth. Anybody heard some of the things, these things similar to this or like that? This is the, the prevailing teaching today in regards to the coming of Jesus. They, they get the seven-week period from Daniel 9. And we don't have time to study that, but you really have no business taking part of the 70 weeks from the context and putting it at the end of time. And I wish we had time to unpack that. We might in a future um, message. But 
They try to fit this concept into the Bible that Christ will secretly rapture people away quietly at His return. They try to take us to the book of Matthew. Go there if you have your Bible. This is sort of the, the, the key text here that they use. And next week, when? Next week, we will dissect these verses and see what they say. But you might have read it. You might have heard it. Matthew 24. It's also found in the book of Luke. And these are the verses that they sort of use to sort of prove, quote-unquote, that there is a, what they call a secret rapture, that God will secretly rapture people away at His second coming. Matthew 24, and look at verses 40 and 41, and just say amen when you get there. Again, next week, we will dissect these verses and see what Christ is saying here. But it says in chapter 24, verse 40, it says, Then two men will be in the field. One will be taken, and the other, what? Left. Two women will be grinding at the mill. One will be taken, and the other will be left, right? These are sort of the verses they use to claim that when Christ returns, that all of a sudden, you know, one will disappear and the other one will stay. Well, the question we have is, is, what, is that what Jesus is saying? Okay, well, next week, you're going to want to be here. We're going to dissect those verses. But this I've learned, and I tell you now, that you don't decipher error from error. You decipher error from truth. So what we first have to do is, before I talk about this concept and where it comes from and um, the misuse of these verses here, what we're going to first do is talk and learn and see what the Bible teaches on how Christ will return. Amen. Amen. That, that is the foundational. Before we get to this, we first have to see what the Bible says on the manner of Christ's coming. Are you with me? First step. Then next week, after we've learned what the Bible teaches on how Christ will return, and this is very important to know, because if you don't know the truth, you can be led into deception and be lost. Are you with me? So today we will study. I have a video at the end. You're going to want to be here for that video. And then next week, we will truly study what Christ is saying here. One will be taken and the other left. You guys with me? Does that make sense what I'm saying? Okay. Now, this is an important point here as well. So the word rapture <clears throat> is not appear in the Bible, but the concept does, to transport of believers to heaven at the coming, second coming of Christ. The question we have is, will it be secret or not? This is an important point here. In the first coming of Jesus, the Jews missed the manner of His first coming could it be that Christians are in danger as well to, mis, uh, to misinterpreting the manner of how the second coming of Jesus will be? You see, at the first coming of Jesus, the, the Jewish people believed that the Messiah would come as a conquering king to vanquish the enemies and set up the kingdom back on top, okay? So they, they were thinking that the Messiah would come as a conquering king and the whole world would see it and he would be one that, you know, would come with power and noise and action. But when Christ came the first time, he actually came as a baby. 
quietly to live and die and to save the world. Are you with me? The interesting thing is, is that today people are flipping it. They're saying that Christ will come quietly when in actuality, now He's going to come as a conquering King with power and great glory. Let me remind you of the verse in Revelation chapter 19. Go there quickly. We looked at this a few sermons ago, but let me remind you of this verse that when Christ returns, He will now come as a conquering king. Again, let's look at those verses, Revelation 19, a depiction, an illustration of Christ's second coming here by John the Revelator. Again, we looked at this a few sermons ago, but let's look, read it again. Could it be, again, that just as the Jewish nation misinterpreted His first coming, most of Christianity today are misinterpreting how He'll come a second time. They, they flipped it. They flipped it. Satan has flipped it. So, verse 11 of chapter 19 of Revelation says, Now I saw heaven open, and behold, a white horse. As I mentioned, a white horse represents victory. And he who sat on him was called faithful and true, and in righteousness he judges and makes war. His eyes were like a flame of fire. On his head were many crowns. He had a name written, and no one knew except himself. He was clothed with a robe dipped in blood, and his name is called the Word of God. Verse 14, and his armies, and the armies in heaven, clothed in white linen, white and clean, followed him in white horses. This isn't a scene of quietness, but of gloriousness. We continue. We'll unpack this more. Verse 15, now out of his mouth goes a sharp sword that with it he should strike the nations, and he himself will rule with them with a rod of iron. He himself treads the winepress of the fierceness of the wrath of the Almighty God. And he, is, and he has on his robe and on his thigh a name written, let's say it together, King of kings and Lord of lords, hallelujah. Don't forget that in Titus, the Bible says that the coming of Christ is the blessed hope. Hallelujah. Don't forget that in John chapter 14, Jesus said, if I go, I will come again. Hallelujah. The Bible says, it's on the screen, Hebrews 9, 28, so Christ was offered once to bear the sins of many to those who eagerly wait for Him. What's the promise? He will appear a second time apart from sin for salvation. We're going to see from the Bible that the second coming of Christ is nothing how most believers think He's going to come. How will Christ return? How will it happen? We're going to see that Christ will come and it will be a visible event a literal event, a glorious event, an audible event, and hallelujah, a joyful event. Can you say amen? Christ will come and it will be visible. Go to Matthew 26. Let's begin to unpack it. We first have to see, before we study, one shall be taken and the other left. We first have to study, how will Christ return? Because the Bible cannot contradict itself. Can you say amen? 
Matthew chapter 26, Christ is before the Sanhedrin. He has been uh, brought there after he was arrested in the Garden of Gethsemane before he is crucified. And look what Christ says in Matthew 26, verse 63. Say amen when you get there. When Christ returns, it will be a visible event. The Bible says in Matthew 20, uh, uh, what did I say? Matthew 26, verse 63. But Jesus kept silent, and the high priest answered and said to him, I put you under oath by the living God. Tell us if you are the Christ, the Son of God. And Jesus said to him, It is as you said. Nevertheless, I say to you, hereafter you will, what's the word? See the Son of Man sitting at the right hand of power and coming on the clouds of heaven. Can you say amen? Christ says that when I come, you can see it. You will see it. Let me ask you a question. What do we use to see things? Look at Revelation 1.7. It was, this was our Scripture reading. Behold, He is coming with clouds, and every eye will... There's our word, see him. What does every eye mean? Everybody, those who are alive to see him coming will see it. It's what Jesus said. It's what John says here. Even they who pierced him, I had a sermon on that in the special resurrection, and all the tribes of the earth will mourn because of him, even so, amen. And the word amen there is from the Greek that means it's true. You can take it to the bank. Amen. Go to the book of Acts chapter 1, that when Christ returns, it will be a visible event. It's what the Bible teaches. Go to the book of Acts, Matthew, Mark, Luke, John, Acts chapter 1. Christ has resurrected, and He's about to go to the Father, and His disciples are there to witness this event. And we're in Acts chapter 1, beginning in verse 9. Say amen if you're there. Let's look at these verses carefully. Acts chapter 1, I'm sorry, beginning in verse 8. Let's start with verse 8. But you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you, and you shall be witnesses to me in Jerusalem, in all Judea and Samaria, and to the end of the earth. Amen. God has called us to be laborers. You want to know more about that? You want to be here on October 31st? Jared would talk more about that. So I'm not going to get into it. Jared will. We'll keep reading. Verse 9. Now when he had spoken these things, here we go. Who's he here? Jesus, okay. Christ just spoke these words. Now when he had spoken these things, while they watched, who's they? Who was Christ, who did, who was Christ speaking to? Who was with him during that time specifically? The disciples, okay. And when they, what's the word? Watch. Now, if I have to get you to do jumping jacks in God's church, I will. What's that word there? And as they watched, he was taken up and cl in a cloud, and a cloud received him out of their sight. And while they, what's the word? Looked steadfastly toward where? Heaven. 
as he went up, behold, two men stood by them in white apparel, these are angels, and also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Here it is, this same Jesus whom was taken up from you into heaven will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Did you see the words there? As they watched and gazed and looked, just get the picture. As they were there, they were, they were, they were, they were, they were beholding Christ ascend to heaven. As they were watching him go, the angels came. They said, hey, men, disciples, as you saw him, as you were watching and your eyes were upward, seeing Jesus uh, uh, ascend, he says, so will he descend in like manner. So if they watched him go up, we will watch him come back. Are you with me? It's a literal event. Jesus said, you will see me coming. Revelation said, every eye will see him. The, 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 the angels, I mean, the angels know they can't, they're not going to lie. And they told the disciples there, just as you saw him there in the sky, it will also be the same. You, the, those in the last days will also see him when he returns. It's a literal event. And the church say amen. Look at this verse, it's on the screen. Jesus said, for as the lightning that flashes out of one part under heaven shines to the other part under heaven, so also will the Son of Man will be in His day. Do you see the wording there? Has anybody ever seen a lightning flash in the sky? Is it a visible event? Can you see it? Yeah? Okay. Like, you know, when it's dark and then lightning flashes, it's a visible event, okay? I was holding prophetic meetings, prophecy meetings in Vicksburg, Mississippi, and I lived about an hour and 10, 10 minutes away, so, you know, couldn't sort of drive back and forth, you know, so the head elder at the t at, at there, at Chick, Chick Laubach there in, in Vicksburg, Mississippi, was a nice guy. He says that you, you, you guys can stay at my place so you don't have to drive back and forth. And we were holding meetings at what is a better living clinic there with Dr. Namahara. And there was a great storm that night, and the bed of the guest room was bes right beside a window, okay? So he here, here's the window, and the bed was placed right, right, right next to it. You guys get the picture? And there was a massive storm with a lot of lightning. And my wife said, you're going to sleep closest to the window. And I tell you not, <laughs> every time lightning flashed, it was like a flashlight right in my eyes, right? It was like, bing, and oh, and then. <laughs> lightning is visible. Are you with me? And Jesus said, just as lightning flashes in the sky and shines, so also, he's comparing, will it be at the coming of me, he, Jesus said. It is a visible event. Hallelujah. The Bible is telling us that Jesus will not touch down on this earth when he returns as well. This is a very important uh, uh, point here. Go to 1 Thessalonians. This is important truth to never forget. When Christ returns, he will not touch this ground. Go to 1 Thessalonians. 
When Christ returns, He will not touch this earth. You have to know this. Because we're about to see that Satan will deceive the masses. Go to 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. When Christ returns, He will not touch foot on this ground. The next time He touches foot on this ground is after He returns, after the millennium, and after the, the, he, he brings the city down from heaven after the thousand years, when He recreates a new heavens, a new earth, then He will. But when He returns the second time, He will not touch foot on this earth. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4. Are you there? Beginning in verse 16, the Bible says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first. Now look at verse 17 carefully. Then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them. Where? Yeah, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air. Do you see it? When Christ returns, the dead are resurrected. Those who are alive to see it, and of course those who have given life to Jesus, will then be translated, and God will begin to raise them from, from this earth, and we meet Jesus and our loved ones in the sky, in the clouds, to go back to where Christ had come from. Can you say amen? Christ will not touch foot on this ground. You have to know this truth. Because did you know that many people are saying that the thousand years of peace will be here on this earth, that Christ will return again, He'll be here. He's never going to touch this ground again until He recreates it. And then Jesus said this in Matthew 24, then if anyone says to you, look, here is the Christ or there, do not believe it. Why shouldn't we believe? Because he will never touch this ground. I don't care what that person is doing, what he's saying, what miracles he's doing. If he's walking around on this earth, it's not Jesus. And this be Satan's greatest and last deception to impersonate Jesus here on this earth, and the masses will follow it. In the book, The Great Controversy, Mrs. White explains it in further detail. Take a look. As the crowning act in the great drama of what? Deception. Who? Satan himself will personate Christ. The church has long professed to look to the Savior's advent as the consummation of her hopes. Now the great deceiver will make it appear that Christ has come. In different parts of where? The earth. Satan will manifest himself among uh, men as a majestic being of dazzling brightness. In other words, he will be able to manifest himself in South America, and before you know it, he then appears in North America. No human eye has ever witnessed anything like this. Keep reading. Uh, brightness, okay. Resembling the description of the Son of God given by John the Revelator in these verses. The glory that surrounds him 
is unsurpassed by anything that mortal eyes have yet beheld. The shout of triumph rings out upon the air. Christ has come. Christ has come. The people prostrate themselves in adoration before Him while He lifts up His hands and pronounces a blessing upon them as Christ blessed His disciples when He was upon the earth. His voice is soft and subdued, yet full of melody. And don't you dare deceive yourself to think that you wouldn't fall, because you, you and I have never compre- have seen anything. If you're not grounded on what the truth says, and every sense of your being, your eyes, your, sa- your ears, your, your, your whole senses are, I can't believe, I can't. If you're not grounded in the truth, don't deceive yourself. You can be deceived. She continues. Christ even said, if they're saying, he's there, don't even, go, don't even look at it. He heals the diseases of the people. This is the strong, almost overmastering delusion. Now look what she says next. But the people of God will not be misled. And furthermore, Satan is not permitted to counterfeit the manner of Christ's advent. Do you hear that? He is not permitted to counterfeit how Christ will return in a visible, glorious way. He can't. So look, the Savior has warned His people against deception upon this point and has clearly foretold the manner of His second coming. This is important and serious business. God has already told His people in His Word as we're studying how He will return. Are you with me? Only those who have been diligent students, I'm so glad you come to University Parkway, Seventh-day Adventist Church. Of what? The Scriptures. And who have received the love of the truth will be shielded from the powerful delusion that takes the world captive. When Christ comes, it will be a visible event. Can the church say amen? Next one. It will be a literal event. In other words, it won't be a spiritual event. Like, for example, Christ has come, Miss Charlie. He's already come in my heart. Spiritually, He's, he's returned already, and Christ has already returned. He's, he's returned spirit. There are people who teach this, that He's returned now in our hearts and so forth and all that. No, 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 no. It's not a spiritual return. It's not, you know, it is a literal person, quote-unquote, who will return. Go back to Acts chapter 1. Take a look. It is not a, oh, He's come spiritually already. No, no, no. It is a literal event. Visible and literal. Go back to Acts chapter 1, and let's go back to verse 11 and look at this again carefully. As good Bible students, as we're told to be in the spirit of prophecy. Amen. Acts chapter 1, verse 11. It will be not only a visible event, but a literal event. A what? Literal. Acts 1, verse 11. Are you back there? The Bible says... Who also said, men of Galilee, why do you stand gazing up into heaven? Look at this. This same Jesus who was taken up from you in heaven 
will so come in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. This same Jesus, I'm going to say it again. Those three words are pivotal. This same Jesus. What is he saying there? Let me ask you a question. When Jesus, even before his resurrection and even after his resurrection, did he have a physical body? He did. Because the Bible says that Christ, even after his resurrection, ate with his disciples. Did he not? He did. Also, not only was he able to manifest himself in a room, the Bible says that he told Doubting Thomas to touch his side and his hands. And if you don't have a literal body, you can't touch it. Amen? Look what John says here on the screen, 1 John 1 and 2. Look what John, the disciple of Christ who was there, he says this, that which was from the beginning, which we have what? Heard which we have seen with our eyes, which we have looked upon, and our hands have handled concerning the word of life. Who's the word of life? Jesus. John says, we were there. We heard him. We saw him. We touched him. Verse 2, the life was manifested, and we have seen and bear witness and declare to you that eternal life, which was with the Father, as when was manifested to us. Hallelujah. A real Christ ascended, and a real Christ will descend. This same Jesus, he was a literal person. When he went, he will be a literal person when he returns. It is a literal event. It's not some, he came spiritually and we might, no, no, no. It's a visible and literal event. Can you say amen? Next one. It will be a glorious event. What will it be? Take a look. Matthew 24 on the screen. Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear in heaven. And then, then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see, there it is again, the Son of Man coming on the clouds of heaven with power, I should have highlighted that, and with not just glory, but great glory. So Jesus said, I, Jesus said that when I return, you can see it, and when I come, it will be with power and not just glory, but great glory. Hallelujah. Now look at this. He then says in the book of Luke, For whoever is ashamed of me and my words, of him the Son of Man will be ashamed when he comes. Mercy. And when he comes in his own glory and in his Father's glory, and not just that, and of the holy angels. Now let's see how many angels will be coming with Jesus. We're in the book of Matthew, and go to verse chapter 25, verse 31. Christ says that when He returns, He will come with His glory, the Father's glory, and then the angels are coming with Him. Well, Jesus, how many angels are coming? Go to Matthew 25. He tells us. Matthew 25, verse 31. Say amen when you get there. The Bible says, and Jesus said in Matthew 25, verse 31, how many angels will come with Christ when he returns? The Bible says, when, G when the Son of Man comes in his glory, and all the holy angels with him, then he will sit on the throne of his what? So according to the Bible, how many angels will come with Jesus? 
How many angels does Jesus have? Millions, if not billions. Now, I want you to get the perspective here. Take a look. We're in Matthew 28. Take a look. We're in Matthew 28. Look at the perspective here. Christ said that when I return, I'm coming with my glory, the Father's glory, and how many angels? All. How many angels? We're in chapter 28 of Matthew. Look what Jesus, look what the Bible says here to get the perspective of this. Now, after the Sabbath, as the first day of the week began to dawn, Mary Magdalene and the other Mary came to see the tomb. Christ rested the Sabbath, and then he rose after the Sabbath to then begin uh, his work uh, that he would begin to do as our high priest when he would, would go back to the Father. Verse 2, and behold, there was a great earthquake. For an angel of the Lord descended from heaven and came and rolled back the stone from the door and sat on it. Just get the picture. As the first day of the week begins to dawn, the Bible says an angel. That's like one. And you just get the picture, right? He he sits on the tomb, probably with the biggest smile on his face. He sits on the tomb. You ever sat on something high and your feet are tangling there? He's just having the great. He says, so Christ has risen. How many angels are here? An angel, one. And there's a great earthquake, right? Now look what happens next, just with one angel, just with one angel. Look at verse 3. His countenance was like lightning, and his clothes as white as snow, and the guards shook for fear of him and became like dead men. Just one angel. Can you imagine every single angel of Jesus coming? But I think we're going to miss it. I don't think so. When Christ returns, it's going to be far from secret or quiet. It will be a visible event, a literal event, and I wish I had a word to describe, a glorious event. If only one angel can make the guards fear and fall down as dead men, can you imagine millions of angels coming? And not just that, God Himself? Do you remember that story where the Bible says that when they came to arrest Jesus, that some of them fell back to the ground? It's because we know that for that very instant, God revealed, Christ revealed His glory to them just in one minute, and they couldn't handle it. Christ says, I'm coming with my glory, the Father's, and every angel I have. I think the skies will be lightened with His glory. Are you with me so far? This is serious stuff. We're almost there. We're almost there. Titus says, looking for the blessed hope and the glorious appearing of our great God and Savior, who? Jesus Christ. So, you guys with me? That's what the Bible teaches. When Christ returns, it will be a visible, and then it will be a, and also it will be a, and then it will also be, as we're going to see here, an audible, yes. What is it? Audible. Matthew 24, okay? Matthew 24. You're in Matthew, go a few chapters. Matthew 24. It will then be not a quiet event, but a very audible event. 
Matthew chapter 24, verses 30 and 31. We have to first study from the Bible how Christ will return before we can dig into one will be taken and the other one will be left. Are you with me? Once we now understand this, next week we have the foundation to begin to see what Christ truly is saying in those verses. We're in Matthew chapter, what did I say? 24, verses 30 and 31. Jesus said, Then the sign of the Son of Man will appear from, in where? Heaven. And then all the tribes of the earth will mourn, and they will see the Son of Man coming in the clouds of heaven with power and great glory. Verse 31. And he will send his angel with a, what kind of a sound? Great sound as of a trumpet. And they will gather together his elect from the four winds from one end of heaven to the other. Not just a sound, but a great sound. Anybody here play trumpet? Confess. I love trumpet. I love trumpet. Anybody here play trumpet? My dad, I think, when I was younger, tried to get me to play trumpet. And it's, it's, it's not the flute. Let me just say that. Right? My mom was like, you know, new instrument. Cello sounds nice. Cello sounds nice. A great sound of a trumpet. In other words, when Christ returns, every angel will be blasting the trumpet sound because the King of kings and the Lord of lords has arrived. And you know what? I think the lungs of an angel are better than yours and mine. And they're going to blast that trumpet. The Bible says, we read this, for the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a, with a shout. With a shout, with a voice of an archangel and with the trumpet of God. And it's so loud, so powerful, that then Christ will rise first. Psalm 50 verse 3, our God shall come and shall not keep silent. A fire shall devour before him, and it shall be a very tempestuous all around him. That's not secret. That's serious. Say amen if you're with me. Are you seeing this from the Bible, yes or no? Now, I have this question for you, though. But doesn't the Bible say that Jesus comes as a thief in the night? Because people use that. They say, in regards to their theology of the secret rapture to say, oh no, the Bible says he comes as a thief. Therefore, they claim that he will come secretly and quietly. Well, let's see what the Bible says about him coming as a thief. You ready? Okay. The Bible says in 1 Thessalonians 5.2, for you yourselves know perfectly that the day of the Lord so comes as a thief in the night. What the Bible is saying that the day is unexpected, not the manner of his coming. Nobody knows the day or the hour. In that regard, he will come unexpectedly because no one knows the day. But in the manner of his coming, trust me, all will see it. If you have your Bibles, let's look more, look more at this. Go to the book of Matthew and look at chapter 24. You're probably already there, Matthew 24. And let's take a look at this very carefully. Matthew 24. The timing, not the manner, is unexpected. Are you in Matthew 24? Look at verse 36. 
Jesus says in verse 36, but of that day and hour no one knows, not even the angels of heaven, but my who? Father only. We continue. We're now verse 43. But know this, that if the master of the house had known what? Ah, hour, the thief would come, he would have watched and not allowed himself to be broken into. Verse 44, therefore be you also ready, for the Son of Man is coming at a hour you do not expect. Again, it's the timing, not the manner that's unexpected or is a thief. Are you with me? Go to Revelation 3.3 3, quickly. We're almost at the finish line. Revelation 3.3. 3. Say amen when you get there. Yes, Christ comes as a thief, not in manner, but in timing. Revelation 3.3, 3, the Bible says, Remember, therefore, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and do what? Repent. Therefore, if you will not watch or stay awake, I will come upon you as a, and you will not know what hour we will come upon you. Again, it's the, it's the timing. Did you, is that clear? I think it's pretty clear, right? The day is unexpected. He comes as a thief in regards to the timing and day, not the manner of his coming. Can you say amen? One more, go to 2 Peter. One more, 2 Peter chapter 3. I want you guys to see this. You might get questions. You might get people that uh, uh, might uh, want to know, and you're going to have some verses. Let them know about it. Go to 2 Peter chapter 3, and I'm going to begin reading in verse 10. 2 Peter chapter 3, beginning in verse 10. Say amen if you get there. 2 Peter 3, beginning in verse 10. The Bible says, but the... Ah, but the day of the Lord will come as a, yeah, clear as crystal, in the night in which the heavens will pass away with a great noise, and the elements will melt with fervent heat. Both the earth and the works that are in it will be burned up. Therefore, since all these things will come to, uh, to be, uh, therefore, since all these things will be dissolved, what manner of persons ought you to be? Hallelujah. In holy conduct and godliness. Amen looking for and hastening the coming uh, of the day of God because of which the heavens will be dissolved and be on fire and the elements will melt with fervent heat. It doesn't sound too secret to me. Can you say amen? The day is a thief, but when Christ comes, trust me, the world will shake. One amen. Verse 13, nevertheless, we, according to His promise, look for new heavens and new earth where righteousness dwells. So yes, Christ comes as a thief, but it's not the manner, it's the timing. If you're with me, you can say amen. All right. So, Christ comes visibly, literally, gloriously, audibly, Jesus said, therefore, you also be ready, for the Son of Man is coming at an hour you do not expect. I'm going to show you a video. 
before I show you this video, I have to ask you who are here in person and those who are watching online, if what we just studied was biblical and made perfect sense, if it did, you can raise your hand. Okay. Have you seen how Christ will return, yes or no? Visible, literally in the clouds, coming, all His angels, gloriously, audibly, a resounding amen if this makes sense. At home? Okay. This was filmed in the UK. It's a, a talk show. It's a show. And it's, the show here is uh, a lot about religious topics. And there's all, all sorts of religious leaders here and religious people, okay? Listen and look. Here we go. Um, pastor uh, from the Seventh Day Adventists, do you believe that the end is coming? Not necessarily this year, but you believe it is coming. What will happen? Yeah, I believe the end is coming. What will happen is, according to the biblical record, Christ will descend from heaven with his angels, and he's coming to take those who have accepted him and been saved by his grace. Can I just, will this literally happen? It will I mean, literally happen. The, the sky there'll will... The there will be the sound of the trumpet. There will be the voice of the archangel. There will be the appearance of Christ, literally, with his angels. Yeah. He's coming to take those who have accepted him and believe in him and rescue them from this earth. He's going to bring in justice and righteousness. Will the sky part? The, the, sky, the, the, the sky is going to open. According to the biblical record, the sky is going to open. He's going to descend with his angels, and he's coming to take those who have been saved by his grace. Pretty mean-spirited Christ. Hang on, listen. Wait a minute. Wait a minute. You're not going to be laughing soon, I'll tell you that. What's so funny? Isn't that what the Bible teaches? Then why... Why is he being ridiculed? What's so funny here? Somebody answer me. What, what's so funny? Isn't this not what the Bible teaches? And they're laughing at him and ridiculing him. Again, my question, what's so funny here? It's what the Bible teaches. So what we're seeing here that if you stand for what the Bible teaches, you're not going to be looked at as the most popular person. Now look what happens next. You guys ready? He then goes on to say that we're saved through Christ alone. And then somebody, after he just said what he just said about Christ returning, literally clouds, what the Bible teaches, look at the response. So, but, so, okay, okay, so but we, 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 we've, we've got a, vi we've got a vision, we've got a vision, if that's the right word, of what's, what's going to happen, and it's in the Bible. It's, Sorry, oh, wait, well, no, it's in the Bible. Uh, it's fundamentalism we're talking about, and fundamentalism produces problems in all major world religions, and it produces, fund it produces problems in Christianity. And this is a, fundament this is a fundamentalist interpretation of Scripture, which actually misunderstands a very poetic piece of writing in the book of Revelation. It misunderstands Paul's view that the kingdom was coming immediately, not in 
a thousand, two thousand years time, but that was, we now know, a misunderstanding of Paul and the early Christians. They thought Christ was coming back again. We now work on an entirely different basis in the mainstream. It's in the New Testament. But so what? There are things in the New Testament, Nikki, which we actually have to reinterpret in the light of biblical criticism and modern understanding of scripture. And this fundamentalist approach doesn't work anymore. Okay. You guys awake and sitting down and focused? This type of fundamentalist type of thinking doesn't work. Now, the question is, what is a fundamentalist? Now, here's the definition of a fundamentalist. One who believes in the strict, literal interpretation of Scripture. Now, I'm a fundamentalist. I believe in the strict, literal interpretation of Scripture. Anybody else here? Okay, okay. Now, just a few years ago, the Pope, Francis, was interviewed, and this is, what he, this is what he said in the article. Take a look. Pope condemns religious fundamentalism. Following his first visit to the Middle East as Pope last month, this was a few years ago, the pontiff criticized fundamentalism in Christianity, Islam, and Judaism as a form of violence. He quotes, I quote him, a fundamentalist group, even if it kills no one, even if it strikes no one, is violent. The mental structure of fundamentalism is violence in the name of God. So even if you commit no crime, it's still violence. What did that guy say? This is fundamentalist thinking. We, we don't work like this anymore. What? what? We have to reinterpret. We're not here to reinterpret God's Word. We're here to study and proclaim God's Word. All the man said was that when Christ returns in the biblical record, we're going to see Him coming. It's, and they laughed, they ridiculed, and then all this is fundamentalist thinking, which what they're saying is this, is, this type of thinking brings division and violence to the world, and I think the Bible teaches that one day a day is coming that if you believe what the Bible teaches, you will be looked at not the best, and persecution will come. You can begin to see where things are headed. Can you say amen? Even if no violence is committed, it's still dangerous. Are you ready to stand for God and His Word? You know, I, I want to say that this, this, this man there did a, did, a, did a great job in the circumstances of him there, and I want to salute him. And God gave him the boldness. Can you say amen? Not easy to be in that room and be ridiculed as you're trying to show what the Bible teaches. Oh, we, we don't have to know how Christ returns. I mean, what a dangerous concept. Things are changing in this world, friends. Are you ready to stand for Jesus and what His Word says? Last one. 
And when Christ returns, not only would it be a visible, literal, glorious, audible, it's going to be a joyous event. Amen. <laughs> the Bible says, For the Lord Himself will descend from heaven with a shout, with the voice of an archangel, and with the trumpet of God, and the dead in Christ will rise first, those who are asleep in Jesus, look at this, then we who are alive and remain shall be caught up together with them, who's them? That's right, those who have been resurrected, in the clouds to meet the Lord in the air, and thus we, who's we? Everybody shall always be with the Lord. Sin, pain, suffering, death will not end or eradicate it until Christ returns. The Bible says, and it will be, and it will be said in that day, behold, this is our God. We have waited for Him, and He will save us. This is the Lord. We have waited for Him, and we will be glad and rejoice in His salvation. I long for Christ's return. You know how many glorious um, uh, reunions and, and to always be with Jesus and no more sin. When Christ returns, it will be the most joyful event in the world. So don't think that you can save your life here and save it there. Jesus says there's nothing here that's worth saving. Everything is for eternity. I hope you're ready. If you're going to stand for the Word of God and want to share the truth, you will not be looked at as favored. But... I can guarantee you that Jesus will be with you. I can guarantee you that Christ will give you the strength, courage, and love to proclaim it in a loving, compassionate, but bold way. Amen. It's with me. This makes sense here. You guys with me? Next week, we will now study next week, what does Jesus mean? by one will be taken and the other left. Because we just know today there is no way he's saying that means people will be secretly vanished when he returns. He can't be saying that or he would contradict the very word of God and he can't do that. So what is he really saying there? You'll have to come next week. So my appeal to you is this. Is there anything that will keep you from being ready for the coming of Jesus? Friends, we are told that the final movements will be rapid ones. Things are happening. Please. You have to take your stand for Jesus now. Now. Is there anything in your life that's keeping you from being ready for the second coming of Jesus? That is probably one of the most important questions you can ask yourself. I don't know about you, but I want God to search my heart and to reveal to me if there's anything in the way. This podcast is a service of the University Parkway Seventh-day Adventist Church in Pensacola, Florida. Our weekly podcasts are recorded every Saturday morning. Bible study begins at 9.30. The sermon begins at 11. You are invited to join us. We live stream the 11 o'clock service. You can catch that broadcast at our website, universitypkwy.org 
or at Livestream. A library of previous messages is available on our YouTube channel and on our website. Thank you for listening.